Hello, friends. You're listening to the Sound Off Podcast. My name is Nate Laux, and I'm your host. Sound Off is a community conversation show that airs each Monday and Friday live on 96.7 The Eagle in LaPorte, Indiana. And while podcasts don't allow for live interaction, we are still grateful to have you listening and engaged. So please help us out by subscribing and rating the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. Share the podcast with your friends and enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off from December 3rd, 2021 with your host, Nate Lauks. Nate's guest today is State Representative Jim Pressel. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Lauks. Hello, friends. Welcome to Sound Off. My name's Nate Lauks. It's a beautiful Friday, December 3rd outside. Not really. It's getting a little colder, but let's all stay as positive as we can. You probably already heard my Fighting Irish hired a coach. We're very excited about it. So I'm on cloud nine. We've got State Representative Jim Prussell here with the show. We're going to have a great episode today. If you have a question for State Representative Jim Pressel, you're welcome to call or text the Liquor Vault on airline at 219-362-0522. If you're a regular listener and you've not put that phone number into your phone and programmed it in there, I'm going to say this, and, and, and I hope you don't get too hurt. I'm disappointed in you. So put that in your phone, 219-362-0522. Call us, text us. We'd love to hear from you today. Maybe you've got a question about what's happening down in the, the state statehouse. Uh, maybe you've got something you'd like to see happen next legislative session. We'd love to talk about it. State Representative Pressel, how are you, buddy? I'm doing all right, Nate. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure, as always, to be here. Yeah, but now many people might not know. You and I go back a couple years, don't we? We, we go back a long time. So I know I knew Nate um, back in probably in elementary school days. Yeah, yeah. People say, well, you've known Jim a long time, and that must mean you get a lot of like perks. And I said, no, and that's not, that's not Jim's style. He doesn't give me <laughs> any perks. If anything, he gives me a harder time. So I do, because I knew you before you were um, a radio personality. <laughs> Way before. <laughs> so I've got uh, some stories. Too. Yeah, good to have you on the show today. It really is. Um, so y- you've got legislative session coming up. You've got election year coming up. You've got all of these things that are happening in 2022. H- how is your 2021 ending? You know, um, it, it's it's been a busy year. It, it's been a very busy year. Uh, it seems like uh, we're ma- trying to make up for the loss of what we didn't get done in 2020 in 2021. So um, Jim Pressel's personal business and life has been extremely busy, but the the legislator Jim Pressel, um, I feel like I'm I'm a full time legislator. Uh, we are we we continue um, to have all kinds of new challenges that we've just never faced before, and it's it's wrapping up a, 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 a an extremely busy time. So you say you feel like a full time legislator, and and and. There's talk, obviously, and there, there's been talk before, but there was talk again about maybe making the legislator, just like the federal government, just like some other states have it, a full-time legislator. Do you have any opinions on that? I do. I think that's a terrible idea, <laughs> and I'll just be real blunt about it. You know, um, So I think what's great about Indiana and, and uh, uh, our, our General Assembly and our legislature is we are part-time, and we only meet 
um, January through April and do the budget, and we only meet January through the middle of March um, is what we're about to go into. And when that was originally set up that way, it was because the the second session of the two-year term was to take care of any unintended consequences or emergency actions, anything like that just had to be dealt with, couldn't wait another year. And it's kind of morphed into... Um, we are getting closer and closer to becoming a full-time General Assembly, and that scares me. Um, it doesn't work out well in D.C. We've got a lot of gridlock out there, um, and we've got a lot of full-time politicians. And some would say that's a good thing, and, and I don't believe that to be true. So in Indiana, we have a citizen legislature. So we, we were there when we're supposed to be in, in session, and then we come home. And we participate in um, the the community, and we have our our normal life or our day job. And I'm a home builder in my real life, and um, I bring those qualities or that expertise to the general assembly. And if we were to go into a full time uh, legislature, you're going to lose that, mm-hmm. and, and you are going to have people that are just in Indianapolis all the time. So I don't see any good coming out of that. We've got State Representative Jim Prussell on the show today. Uh, the Liquor Vault on airline is 219-362-0522. If you've got a question, uh, feel free to call it or text us. Now, this question came in before you were even here, so let's get to this one first. I am tormented by several phone calls from telemarketers every weekday. I'm on the do not call list. The caller ID for most of these phone calls is not the true phone number of the caller. It is a phony made up name and number of the caller. As a utility company doing business in Indiana, I would like you to regulate to require Frontier Telephone Company to not allow false information on the caller ID. It would either be the real phone number of the caller or no phone number at all. Why do I have to let the telephone ring and ring to see if it's a genuine caller who leaves a message? Answering the phone is worse yet with their fear tactics. It just won't stop. Uh, you know what? And I, I, I agree with um, what, what you're saying there. I mean, I get those calls. Um, I get text messages now all of a sudden from random uh, numbers that say that um, we're, we're working on your unemployment case and I've not applied for unemployment. <laughs> and then I get them from utility companies. And, you know, we've all heard from Susie wanting to update um, the, the, my, my car warranty, right? So the fact of it is, I mean, they're very hard to stop. So the attorney general, um, so I've been in the, let me back up a little bit. So this will be my, going into my sixth year in the general assembly. So every year we nibble away at what we think is prosecutable or what can stop it or stop it a little bit more. And we typically go through the attorney general's office on there. We want to move something that they can follow up on, right? I'd like to see it all go away. Uh, the reality of that is is that's not going to happen. So technology is hard to stay in front of, and that's probably the biggest problem. So a lot of these spoof calls, a lot of these uh, random calls, the text messages originate outside of the country. And before the FCC has an opportunity to track them down or pinpoint them, they're gone. They're somewhere else. So one of the, one of the Theories or one one thought um, a, a legislator out of Southern Indiana came up with last year, and I hope that they offer this bill is to put a penalty on the company that some of these people are calling for. So the fraud ones, there's not a lot, you know. Just be aware, they're, they're, those folks are out there. But the ones that are actually selling something, the ones that are tormenting you with, mm-hmm. you know, Susie calling about your your car warranty. So. If we put that penalty on the company that they're selling for, I think we get a lot more response. So hopefully we can get that done. All right. Let's get to our first caller of the day. Hey, thanks so much for waiting on the line. you got Jim Prussell in the studio. What's your question for the representative? 
thank you for coming on this afternoon, Mr. Pressel. This is Steve Hollifield. Steve Hollifield, good morning or good afternoon to you. <laughs> hey, I uh, put together some kind of list or, so I come down next month and speak with you. Um, my, my question today concerns locally here. Uh, they're fixating, no one's, first of all, they preface this, no one is saying that the majority of the county employees do not deserve a raise. But how they're going to pay for this is another subject, and it sounds like it keeps getting bastard about of another higher income tax or a new tax for the county. Um, a council member said he would look into the possibility of a referendum on that. No answer back. I don't know if he was told not to or if he got busy or what. Can we, do we start that at the state level or what to put this new tax on a referendum to let the taxpayers decide? So, you know, possibly we can keep some of our own money because if you guys get this accomplished about the personal business tax uh, relief, uh, they're going to come looking for more money. So I, how would we go about trying to get this on a referendum? Thank you. So in Indiana's, um, thanks for the question, Steve. Um, and I'm sure you're going to have a list for me when you come visit me at the state house. If, if Steve hasn't said it, um, I'll say it. Steve, Steve visits me every year. Um, and he visits the Senate every year, um, just to talk about, um, things that are important to him. And he actually comes to Indianapolis, sets up these meetings and sets up meetings with different agencies to talk about policies. And I, I think that's great. I, I appreciate him coming down and I wish more people would kind of look into things, um, and be willing to put it out there, so to speak. So for this, you're probably, I, I would assume, and, and I don't have any inside baseball on this, um, but I would assume that they're looking at maybe a lit tax or a, a low it tax um, to where they could just raise that, that tax locally here in the county. Um, and, and they're possibly thinking about that as far as the, the per business personal property tax going away, and they're going to need to plug that hole. So... I don't think that starts at the state, but we're not we're not a referendum state. So to get them to have them put that on a ballot, I'm not sure the process on it, but it would probably require legislation to get that on. I know it it does when when school corporations um, are going to do a referendum. Yeah, so referendums aren't really controlled locally. Then from the county government, you actually have to have probably I'm, something down to the state. Yeah, then. and I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know with the the school board stuff, I, that has to be done like that, or some school issues yeah. for referendums have to has to be done by the state. All right, we've got State Representative Jim Presswell on the show today in the studio. If you have a question, two a nine three six two zero five two two. We're gonna take our first break and be right back here on ninety six seven The Eagle. Welcome back, friends. This is Nate Laugs. We are having another great episode today of Sound Off with State Representative Jim Pressel. If you have a question for Representative Pressel, you're welcome to text that in to me, 209-362-0522, or you can call the Liquor Vault on airline at 209-362-0522. Let's get to a, question, a text question real quick. Uh, thank you, Mr. Pressel. I'm glad you're standing up for people uh, that don't necessarily feel comfortable with the vaccine. Will you also support more restrictions against other vaccines so parents can make the best decisions for their children? Schools and other places shouldn't mandate vaccines just like employers shouldn't. Let's work on fighting against the overbearing medical industry. So, um, you know, the, the COVID-19 vaccine is is um, 
something like we've never seen before, right? This is all very brand new, and I'm, I'm going to put it out there over over the air. I've been vaccinated, and and I'm I'm a believer in that vaccination myself. But should this particular vaccine be uh, mandated or put on individuals that that don't believe in it? it I think at some time or at some point, you know, there's there's a personal responsibility here and it should be of a choice. When I took the vaccine, um, I took it because it was my choice and I thought it was the right thing to do. So uh, in regards to other vaccines, um, I, I, I think where we're at today with the requirements on those vaccines, um, we're in a good place. And there are exemptions for those existing vaccines. If you have a, a, a medical issue, um, if you have a religious issue um, that, that you don't want to do that, I think you have those opt-outs that are available. But no, I wouldn't go backwards on the, the vaccine requirements that we have other than the, the COVID-19 one. All right. Thanks so much for texting. Let's get to our caller. Hey, thanks for calling. Thanks for listening to the show. What's your question for Representative Jim Pressel? Uh, yes, Representative Pressel. I heard that there were voting laws, uh, new voting laws put in place, but I haven't been able to find them. So uh, that's one part of my uh, discussion today. Okay. The other thing I thought about for a long time, but I don't know if this would be practical. Uh, being a senior citizen and living on fixed income, uh, home heating fuel, uh, I use propane because I live out in the county. And uh, we get hit with a sales tax, Indiana sales tax on home heating fuel. Uh, I thought about what it would be for an exemption for those 65 and older. But then again, I think that maybe the distributors would just increase the price of the fuel and we wouldn't gain anything there unless those corporations would be exempt from having to pay that as well any thoughts on these issues and that's really all i have today sir and i thank you for your time and for coming on the show sure no problem so um for the for the voting laws and i've gotten that um you know a half dozen times and, and i'm not sure what voting laws um were really changed so we did change some um in last session and if you could send me an email I'll, i will send you a link um, i put together a link that i've been e emailing out to folks it's kind of like a shortcut to get to every one of the the voting laws that were changed or modified in indiana this last session so it's it's real simple to get to we, we put it in there with some bullet points but if you could email me at h20 at iga.gov and I will get that out to you, and then you can see all of them. I think there were nine or ten, if I remember right now. Um, and as far as the sales tax on the the home heating, I think that's a great idea. I'm going to look into it. Thanks for the thanks for the idea there. That's not a bad idea at all. Yeah, kind of uh, piggybacking on some of this this idea uh, thing that 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 was just suggested to you. Um, you are open to different ideas, and you've got a new um, uh, survey going out, correct? I do, yeah. And if people should expect those in their mailboxes, I assume, soon if they haven't already? Uh, they, they, I believe they're out. They've been released, so they're online, um, I believe, currently. And I'm not saying every, rep uh, every elected official takes these surveys seriously, but you do, correct? I, I do. I, um, you know, I put out 
five or six questions a year um, prior to session that I believe are topics that we're going to discuss in the General Assembly during session. And they're ones that I'm just kind of not sure of how the district feels about it. So I look at it. absolutely look at all these we tally them up i see where people are at um i have a lot of folks that'll write comments onto them and i do see all of those um and if you write me a comment um i comment back to you and try and answer the question the best you can and it takes me a while to get through them sometimes you don't get my reply back until after session but i i do and i, I take them to heart so it's important that you fill these out Right here's a text we received. We've received a couple on the North South Corridor. I have anyway. The North South Corridor going around Laporte is one of the primary goals for Mayor Tom Dermody, but he will need the state to buy into this plan for funding and approval. What are your thoughts? Do you support the corridor? Yeah, I I support the corridor. I do. So he's he's going to need a lot, little more support than just the state. So this is this is a big lift. It's a huge lift. So it, first first um, and foremost, he's going to have to get the support at the county level. Um, then he's going to need federal dollars, and he's going to need state dollars. So I I think it's a project worth pursuing. Um, I see this as an opportunity um, to to grow Laporte in, in a good way and, and keep that hometown community. I drive through so many different uh, communities that have these vibrant downtowns and they just look so cool, they feel cool, you can get out and you can shop and you can move around. And I just don't see that anymore in Laporte. And I, I think it's attributed to the traffic. So one thing I've always said is, you know, this, this helps with the north-south, but let's have the conversation about east and west at the same time so hopefully this will get a little bit farther down the road to continue those conversations um it it helps with the economic development um especially in that kingsbury area so we keep picking away at what happens in the in my day it was kop the kingsbury ordinance plant now i think we call it kid so i get confused and use a different acronym but one of the problems we have with attracting um good business development down there is is we don't have a good route to get up to the toll road and this would absolutely create that route um so yeah i think it's worth having the conversation and and i'm supportive at this point all right let's get to our caller Thanks so much for calling. We've got State Representative Jim Pressel in the studio with us today on Sound Off. What's your question for the State Representative? Good afternoon. Hello. And so the good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, sir. we got you, buddy. Thank you. Great, great. Hey, so this is the first time I think in history that we've got fifty plus challengers to sitting uh, members of the House of Representatives uh, that are being primaried in this in this election. My question for Jim is. I appreciate the, the step of the bill, but I my curiosity is, uh, instead of letting Holcomb sit in a king's chair and giving him what he wants in a bill, why doesn't the supermajority of Republicans, or supermajority of the representatives, just vote and say, no, you're not continuing the state of emergency, we're ending it right now, we're the legislature, and you're not. Just curious why that is. Why are we giving this guy what he wants like he's some kind of a king that could hold people in a state of emergency. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Why well, we should be more like Florida? Right. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Hey, uh, real quick, I, I do want to inform our listeners just because there were some things in there sure. that 
Um, I think he's talking about the the new uh, bill that's going to be coming in January that is going to limit the executive power or end the uh, emergency declaration for COVID-19, um, these kind of things. And the state representatives in the Senate are talking about getting rid of that kind of thing. Um, so I think the, the question is, is why, why, why not just do it now? So, I mean, there's 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 some issues with uh, the General Assembly coming back in and just saying, hey, we're going to end the state of emergency and we're going to end the executive order. So if we were to have done that with not doing our homework and looking forward, um, the data that I have, and I got to believe the data is pretty correct, 450,000 Hoosiers would lose SNAP benefits. And that's not acceptable. So by doing it this way, um, we allow that to expire on its own. People are not going to lose their their SNAP benefits, their Medicaid benefits, and these are enhanced. Um, we've had quite a few folks through the through the COVID pandemic over the last 19 months that have been able to qualify for additional benefits that have truly helped out when schools aren't open. Um, you know, to to help pay for food on the table. So, I, you know, to to do that in my mind would just be absolutely wrong. So the way we're going about doing this right now allows for those to expire, but we don't lose those benefits. So it gives the director of FSSA the opportunity to continue um, with that waiver process. So what does that, so if all the things that were happening under the emergency declaration and authorization are still happening, what is it? What does it help to end it? Well, I, I would I would also argue that there's only three things left in that executive order right now. Okay, there, there's three things left in there, and and one that I think is is real important that we addressed in 1001 that will allow. Um, nurses or physicians that aren't licensed in Indiana but are licensed in other states and if we can compare the licensing requirements allows them the opportunity to come to Hoosiers um, to Indiana and provide Hoosiers uh, care that that was one of the big things that was in there that we would just kick to the curb so that being there and the, the Medicaid provision right so the Medicaid waiver to get those enhanced snap provisions so I would challenge the caller to look out and see how Florida did it and I think what you're gonna find out is that it's exactly uh, for the most part what we're doing they did not give up those Medicaid um, additions all right. Uh, question here about vaccination. Uh, Indiana has a fail has failed miserably at rolling out a vaccination strategy. We are fourth to last in per capita vaccination rates. So I think that means we're we're one of the last states for amount of people vaccinated. Hoosiers aren't getting vaccinated, which means more Hoosiers are dying than other states filling up our hospitals. We have more than twice as many deaths per capita than our neighboring state, Illinois. Our hospitals are overburning and many are on diversion. I know LaPorte and Michigan City and South Bend are all on diversion right now. Uh, what can the state do to help our medical professionals out? How will the legislator help get more people vaccinated? You know, I don't, I don't know that that's a, a, a legislative role, right? So that's debatable. Um, I, I think the politics that have been put into this vaccination is what really holds people back. So if you tell somebody you have to do this, I guarantee you they're going to push back. I think we need to be talking about the, the positive roles of how the vaccination has helped with, with those people. And you're still going to have people that don't want this vaccination. They just don't want it. Um, 
I don't know that it's government's role to tell them you're going to take this. Uh, I just, it, it's so To push new. back a little bit on Jim is we do tell other people they do need other vaccines though, right? We, in order we do, to, that have been around for a very long yeah, time yeah, and, okay. and that have a proven track record. Um, the And to my, and I could be wrong, um, there's only one vaccination um, that's been FDA approved and it's not even available in the States. Mm-hmm. So we're still working with an experimental a drug, you might say. So I'm I'm very leery to to do that. So the vaccination is important. Like I said, I I'm vaccinated. I um I did it. I I see that that value. And if you look at the numbers of people that are being hospitalized, um, that are dying, and I think you're going to see that about 92 to 94 percent of them are people that are unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know in our local ICU, everyone that is. Uh, in the ICU right now is unvaccinated. So, yeah. um, so then to go along with that, then so if I if I hear you right, one of the things that is the concern is again with the new vac- vaccine, all these kind of things, it's not necessarily approved perfectly. Once it's done, that do you think the state will support? Uh, mandating that vaccine in schools and other things like that once it has gone through the you know um, the testing that the other vaccines have went through you know I don't know I I honestly don't know and I'd hate to comment on that and and it's you kind of need to see that before you make that comment I don't see the state getting out in front and saying we're going to mandate this I just don't see that as an option Um, you know that the a a big thing is um, the effects that it has on some people, right? So there's the the opportunity for anytime we take a drug or a medicine. I mean, how many waivers have you signed that said, okay, this could be um, uh, an, a bad outcome that you're going to get by taking this medicine? So it's 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 everywhere. So I have a friend of mine that I, I met up with, a high school friend, and he took the, the first shot of the vaccine and he lost his hearing in his left ear. And I'm like, well, that's not good. So, you know, with him and his doctor, they decided not to, we're not going to do this, you know, the second shot. Um, so hopefully he gets his hearing back. But there are a lot of a lot of side effects out there that we're just not sure of yet. But what do you tell to, I know my wife works in the ICU. She's got nurses that are quitting and stuff. What do you tell to those people who are so overburdened for two years now that, and it's not getting any better. It's, it's not getting any right. better. So what do you tell them? You know, I, I don't have a good answer for that, Nate. I really, really don't. You know, I, I my hope would be that we could take the politics out of this. And at some point, you know, personal responsibility has got to kick in. And yeah. I think if you take the politics out um, and, and, and quit forcing it, that I think you'd see more people change their mind about it. I, sure. I, I really think that they're just pushing back. All right, we're going to take another break here today on Sound Off. I've appreciated the conversation with State Representative Jim Pressel, and uh, we're going to get back to some more questions that you have through our text line, through our phone lines, 209-362-0522. Having a great time today. Thank you so much for listening, and keep listening to 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back to our final segment of Sound Off for the day. Uh, glad to have you with us. We've got State Representative Jim Pressel with us in the studio, having a great conversation today. Let's get to another caller. Hey, thanks so much for waiting. Thanks for being on the show. What's your question for State Representative Jim Pressel? Hi. Um, I had a question. I wondered why it has taken over 20 months um, to author, co-author, I should say, this bill to end the state of emergency. All right. Thanks for calling. Um, uh, <laughs> you kind of got me at a loss for words there. So... I would say to that that 
you know, early on, I think the governor did a good job. Um, and I think uh, the majority in the General Assembly thought the, think the governor did a good job, right? He had to navigate waters that there was no playbook for. So it's easy for all of us to look backwards and say, should have done this. Well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, we are to the point right now where we can allow it to expire without any consequences. So I, I think um, taking some time, think about what you're doing and make sure it's the, the, the right choice um, is, is the way to go about doing it. All right, here's a question we received. Representative Presso, it appears that the SCOTUS uh, Supreme Court of the United States will likely give states more freedom regarding abortion laws. Do you have a position on abortion in Indiana? Do you believe in the sanctity of life and support a ban on all abortions from conception? I am pro-life. All right. <laughs> Let's get to another caller. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. What's your question for Representative Pressel? Well, I wanted to, to let him know that I'm 79 years old, and I've lived through uh, quite a few of these uh, things like um, this COVID store. And because um, I remember when people started getting um, uh, paralyzed because of, I can't even think of what it's called now. But w over the years, I've gotten vaccinated by just about everything. And also, I, as soon as I could get the COVID shots, I went and got them. And I've even had a booster shot. And I don't understand why you can't get people to go because... We've all been through all this. A polio was what the one thing I was big thing I was thinking about mm -hmm. uh, because there was a lot of people had polio. My cousin had polio, and she was um, she could didn't have any uh, couldn't walk, and so it's just I don't know why how they we can't get people to get busy and get their shots done. All right, I didn't get sick or hurt or anything from mine. All right. Well, thank you so so much for calling. Uh, do you have a, a, an opinion on? Again? No, I, I I appreciate the insight. Um, you know, I just, it's it's such a different time, um, and I, I get an opportunity to mention this every once in a while. So maybe I'll take the opportunity. It's it just seems like we are living in such an angry um, world right now. Um, there there's very little middle ground to even talk about. Everybody wants to be extreme in one direction or the other, and we're going nowhere fast with that. So I think we need to have some very calm discussions and realize that other people have points of view and hear them out and listen to them. And let's find that middle ground and take away the politics of this particular issue. And on that note, this is why we do what we do at Sound Off. We try to have more robust conversations, try to at least listen and learn from each other, even when we don't always agree. All right, here's a text real quick. The state of Indiana has been using Hoosier lottery revenue to reduce the cost of car license plates for many years now. The greatest reduction in the most money is given to those who buy the most expensive cars. And people who own a car for more than 10 years do not get any reduction on their license plate at all. This is hundreds of millions of dollars that could be used for better causes. Since the lower and middle income people are contributing to the Hoosier Lottery revenue almost exclusively compared to high income people, this is clearly a case of taking money from the poor and giving it to the rich. How do you justify this? 
I guess I'm a little confused. Um, so if you're taking money from the poor and giving it to the rich in this particular instance, I mean, my, my first reaction would say, what, why are, if you can't afford to be at the casinos or playing lottery, why are you doing that? So, um, and probably not the best response, but that's the first thing that came to my mind and uh, I just kind of put it out there. Um, excise tax would is, is based on the value of the vehicle for sure. Um, but the good news is, um, Indiana has hit the ATR, the automatic taxpayer refund. So anytime there is in the surpluses um, more than 12% of what the, the budget would be, um, it triggers this ATR, the automatic taxpayer refund, and taxpayers in Indiana will be receiving a credit um, or a, a refund of around $170 per taxpayer which has also now started conversations for this session about tax cuts. So I think the tax cuts will be universal, and, and I think it'll help you out with this particular instance to where we're, we're putting money back in the taxpayer's pocket um, rather than figuring out new ways to spend it. All right, let's get to our final caller of the day. Hey, thanks so much for calling. You're our final caller of the day. Uh, what's your question for our State Representative Jim Pressel? Hi, same old story, U.S. Highway 20. Sure. Now, what's it take to get a no Jake brake sign put up? It is getting really ridiculous. Yeah. I have to put up with the traffic. I have to put up with the noise. I have to put up with the trains. There's no peace and quiet out there ever. And they, they, they sit on those brakes 24-7. Right. And what I mean, part of 20 are you on, ma'am? between 350 and 400. So right there by Rolling Prairie? Yes, right where the speed limit switches from 55, well, from 80 to 45. <laughs> <laughs> well, that maybe the traveled speed, but not the speed limit. Mm -hmm. so, um, so we're, we're continuing to do more improvements up there on 20. Uh, the turn lane projects are going to start, I believe, 2022. They're, they're acquiring ground up there right now to start that. Um, but the Jake Brake scenario would, would have to be started. Um, if you want to get a sign up there, I, I am glad to help you out with that, but it's going to have to originate with the county's support. So if the county's willing to support that up there, I would be more than happy to take that to um, NDOT and see if we can't get something done. But it would require an ordinance done first. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Again, I want to encourage people, the surveys, 2022 surveys for Representative Russell should be in your mailbox. Fill those out, send those in, because again, it does matter. Thanks so much to, for Representative Pressel to be on the show. We'll get you back on as soon as we can. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday right here on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to the Sound Off podcast at 96.7TheEagle.com.